0: Hi everyone, Uh, Dre Harrison here, hosting the Motorsport 101 podcast. And unfortunately, for the second straight Formula One episode, I can't believe I have to say this. But again, unfortunately, we are going to be discussing some subject matters which you may find upsetting. Uh, We're going to be talking about misogynistic behavior, a lot of discriminatory abuse, even full-blown harassment. Again, like I said, you may find this upsetting, Again, I will definitely put a timestamp in the description you can skip to if you find anything you listen to in this opening segment difficult or uncomfortable. Please look after yourselves and each other. And of course, thanks for listening. As said before, hi, I'm Dre Harrison, welcome to episode 379 of Motorsport 101, and uh, I'm joined as ever by RJ O'Connell and Cam Buckley. Say hello for quickly, fellas. <laughs> hello quickly, fellas. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> hey,
1: uh, hey, everyone. Um, you know, getting real tired of doing this.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. Um Two F1 episodes in a row, I've had to come out with that initial warning for obvious reasons. If you've watched or been around the Austrian Grand Prix this past weekend, it was dominated, well, by one, well, I should say really many horrible stories that became the vocal point of the Grand Prix weekend. And it was rampant, multiple incidents of... Uh, discriminatory abuse from fans at the austrian grand prix towards mostly women from what i'm reading you know pretty much exclusively women um many from different walks of life different backgrounds some are part of the lgbt plus community as well um, i want to give a shout out to moto mel on twitter who did a outstanding job and it, it must have been horrible to have to go through putting all the accounts that um that fans have talked about on Twitter in a general thread, so people could get a better idea of what we're talking about here. Um, I want to see what our account is real quick, just so I make absolutely sure I've gotten this right. It's Motomel89, so huge. Um, a salute to Melanie, um, who done a tremendous job putting, putting that together. Um, it's just a shame it's over something so horrific, but... Um, yeah, uh, these, many of these reports were flooding through, through Friday and Saturday. I want to say it was Sunday morning of the race. It was actually addressed by the sport itself that released a statement. It said, quote, We have been made aware of reports that some fans have been subject to completely unacceptable comments by others at the Austrian Grand Prix. We take these matters very seriously, have raised them with the promoter and event security. And we'll be speaking to those who reported the incidents. This kind of behavior is unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Um, Some other places within the sport, like Red Bull Racing also released quite similar um, statements. Um, The drivers in unison pretty much universally condemned all of the actions. Get your jokes in. Even Max Verstappen condemned it as well. If you want to go down that road. Um, this was horrific. I've read some of the stories in Melanie's thread I mentioned earlier. It's It unfortunately ticks every box of discriminatory abuse. Sexual identity, sexism, misogyny, racism, and even full-blown sexual harassment, inappropriate touching, etc. Um, a couple of the teams brought fans... Um, into the garages over Sunday. You know, one, to give them some positive memories, and two, just because it was friggin' safer, which is just a horrible thing to even have to think about. Um, it's It's been an ugly, ugly weekend for the fans and its relationship with the sport. And if you read that, Fred, this is not an isolated incident over the course of this weekend. This has been going on at this specific Grand Prix for years. I know friend of the show, Elizabeth Blackstock, wrote a, a powerful and harrowing piece about this on Jalopnik as well, talking about her experience when she camped there in 2015. 2015! We're going back seven years here. um, Gentlemen, I've not really got an intro topic to go into this with, really, because it speaks for itself really more than anything else, but... Just tell me how you feel about this, because uh, I know where I'm. I know where I'm sitting on this. I mean, I could you basically copy
1: and paste your reaction for mine. I mean, it's just it's just disgusting behavior, and it has it has no place anywhere, but certainly not uh, certainly not in a public setting like this that should be safe for all people coming to this Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. This is not an isolated incident, as you said. This has been going on for years. And, I mean, if it's been going on for years, we saw in, a, what, what was it, Spain 2008,
0: I want to say? Yes, the testing. For, for, for in Spain, testing no
1: when a, a, a crew of fans showed up to that event in blackface to mock Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. With Hamilton's family written across their uh, shirts. And what did Formula One do? They, what was their response? They threatened to take the whole Grand Prix off them. I I, I think this is about on that level. If 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 the fans aren't going to get their act together, and you should have this basic human fucking decency to not try to I don't know sexually assault the person next to you. I know that that was a big ask, but it really shouldn't be. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's already at the point. It's past the point where. F one should probably put their foot down and say, "Hey, this shit needs to stop, or you're losing your date on the calendar." Yeah, uh, I, anything, anything beyond that, you're not fit to host this event any longer.
0: I mean, it, it, it's like I can't disagree with any of that. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be careful how I word this because it's it's it makes me angry just thinking about it. And I don't like being angry while doing a recording because nothing good comes of that, but it's, it's disgusting. Really, You uh, can only be
1: angry hearing yeah. about the report. I mean, some of the, some of the behavior that was detailed in that thread
0: was abhorrent. Yeah. Stuff that, stuff that should put you in a prison cell, quite frankly. And, hate crimes to straight up assault to straight up sexual harassment. It's, it's all there. It's, it's absolutely horrific. I salute Mercedes and Aston Martin who went out of their way to protect a small number of fans from further abuse and give them at least something to, you know, leave as a positive from the weekend. But I also need to stress that was as far as we're aware, three people. This, they had one hundred and five thousand on race day, three hundred and three thousand sure over the weekend.
1: It sure as hell shouldn't be on the teams to provide protection for fans at this
0: event. No, absolutely not. It, this is this is not the team's responsibility. This is the sports responsibility, and it's the event promoters' responsibility. As far as I'm concerned, and I use these words, the the I I in my script notes, I. I capitalized free words for very important reason. Now, for those guys who don't know, I work in a bookmakers full-time. It's a betting shop, if some of you don't, may not know the British term for them. it's The gambling industry is an inherently toxic one. I make no bones about, about that. I've never tried to hide that from people. Um, and the key word I always use, as, and this is as a license holder, we have the privilege to be able to accept bets, to be able to do what we do. And one of our licensing objectives is to, quote, and I'm saying this word for word, to, predict, to, to protect the young and the vulnerable. We have a duty of care to look after people who we believe have problem gambling habits. It's the exact same principle for any event promoter of any size, from 10 people to 100,000 people. Every single person that walked through that gate and into your event You as a promoter have a duty of care to make sure every single person that walks through that gate is safe to the best of your ability. This Grand Prix has failed to do that on multiple occasions. And it's horrible that it's taken the year of our Lord 2022. And fortunately, we live in a world that's a lot more open in talking about these issues For us to get to this point, because I know a lot of this was wrapped under the rug until until this year where it's all just come out. A lot of people have had the same experience or similarly awful experiences. And. Yeah, like. The sport needs to pull the promoters to one side and say, if this happens again on a large scale level, then you shouldn't have a Grand Prix because you're not doing your jobs properly as a promoter. You know, if, if, if you're a fan, I mean, the amount of fans that I've heard that have said they will never go to a Formula One race or will never go to the Austrian Grand Prix ever again. That is the ultimate death sentence to this sport. You've put a fan off to the point where they feel that like they can never go to one of your Grand Prix. That's, shambolic the, the, the sport should hang its head in shame over comments like that and i mean rj i mean how do you feel about it all i mean i've not, I've not come to you as much yet. i know i'm trying to be a bit careful because i know you're not 100
2: but yeah ugh. i'm i'm not feeling 100 percent today but um i and with this, I defer to another one of our friends of the program. Hazel Southwell has been a contributor to this program mm. on a number of occasions and for the drive this week she outlined uh, four four things that Formula One can do to improve fan safety races. It starts with fan behavior agreements. there's a tic- there's a there's a sentence on the ticket. every ticket in motorsport it says motor racing is dangerous something to that effect that should also include a statement that harassment of any kind won't be tolerated and you'll be removed from the vet if you do so. But it doesn't stop there. Mm. They, it should be simple and easy to report something like this. If it happens yeah. and identify who you need to speak to, uh, the consequent, there should be consequence for this, of course, Absolutely. Up, to, up to, and if you, like I said, if you can enjoy race, Without making other people feel uncomfortable and unwelcome, then to quote Total Wolf, uh, team principal of Mercedes AMG, fuck off. And not just within Formula One, extend it beyond the fans and extend it beyond Formula One. There is a whistleblowing hotline that was set up a few years ago, but it's only for suspected technical infringements. Mm. I think you could easily expand that to include incidents of harassment and abuse within the paddock within uh among spectators just any and all of those steps would go a long way to making this a safer place and formula 1 has the resources to put those safeguards in and those those should be taken uh as swiftly as possible in my opinion
0: they could do that tomorrow most of those could be implemented in days, and Existing is n- existing sports already have them. Yeah, there is no reason why the sport couldn't do that immediately. And yeah, Hazel is absolutely on the money with everything. I saw Tony Cohen Brown on Twitter also come out of a very similar list. Absolutely, have the code of conduct. You know, create one. You know, it, it wouldn't take much. It's, it's pretty obvious. Create stuff. one, yeah,
1: and, and Print it on effect, every ticket. Absolutely, and do it. Put it on every ticket for every Grand Prix. Yep. And if you can't, uh, if you can't abide by that code of conduct, you don't need to be a part of this fan base. Yeah. Impl- implement a life ban if
0: people are going to act in just absolutely deplorable fashion. I was going to say, like Sebastian Vettel was was the was the one who suggested lifetime bans and I can one hundred and ten percent agree with him. A lot of this lout culture is very Premier League, Premier League football wise. And I don't know how much of the Premier League my colleagues watch, but trust me, the Premier League has had and it has had an explosion in the last two or three years of hate crimes discrimination of race discrimination of sexual identity um as well as objects being thrown at players um and in many cases it's a lifetime ban now um at best best case scenario you're talking maybe three years where you can't go to any football game in england um and that should be the bare minimum as far as i'm concerned um if, like,
1: if, if you're going to behave that way to your fellow fan person next to you, you don't need to be there. Yeah. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, that's very simple.
0: Yeah. Print the code of on every ticket. Have a device on the ticket that voids it. If someone breaks the code of contact, have someone with a, some sort of device that can void your ticket if need be. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say train the marshals because I think security is a difficult job. And I don't think that should be on the marshals, but there should be a mandatory amount of security in an area for large grandstands so that someone can handle it. If someone acts wrong or acts out of line or something along those lines, have a part of hospitality be siphoned off for people to be, to be protected and know that they're safe. That could be done tomorrow. I'm sure the tracks have got facilities for that. Um, this, these are little things, and I said the whistleblower hotline is a fantastic idea. Like that, just have that number on the ticket, have that number printed and on the. Well, ticket. You know what?
1: To, to to borrow from our last episode and my uh, mild rant, until those measures that we've been talking about for the last couple of minutes, until something gets implemented, anything's better than what we've got now. But there needs to be a system in place. Yes. Until that happens, we're just getting more white text on black background statements from the sport, from the promoters, and from and
0: from some of the teams. Yeah, com- com- completely agreed. And I, I need to point out one other thing, because... Um, another small sidetrack. So forgive me here, but um, for those guys who don't know, it's also the Women's European Football Championships right now in the um host hosted in the UK, my own country. And um, EE, the phone providers, um, produced a very powerful commercial um in the last couple of weeks that talked about a lot of the the problems that that women footballers have to go through such as abuse, like, you know, there was a literal text that said, go back to the kitchen, etc., etc. those sorts of comments. The, you know, other problems like, you know, periods while playing, while playing the game, for example, and obviously England not not wearing white shorts for obvious reasons. Um, and at the end of the commercial is England's football manager for the men, Gareth Southgate, and multiple um, of the England's players like Jordan Henderson, essentially saying this problem starts and stops with men and i have to point this out fellow men please if you see this going on call that shit out yep please for the love of god i know for a fact silence makes you complicit 99% of this is coming from men who, who are because they're in a large crowd because they're not under any sort of police jurisdiction think they can get away with shit like that it's the shit that they would never do in any other facet of society and that is that is a huge part of the problem men I need you as a species to speak the fuck up if this keeps going down right do not let someone get abused for no good reason and you sit there and do nothing. The only way this is going to stop at a micro level is if us as men call this shit out. Please please do so if you spot this happening. This is a man's problem to solve. It is not the it is not for the women who are the victims of this to solve. It is down to us to make the difference. So please don't be complicit in this. If you can do something about this, please, please report it and stop. And to the sport itself and to the fans out there, please look after your fellow fan. You are all here for the same reason, to enjoy the sports. We all want to enjoy the sports. And I think I speak for all three of us here when I say, We don't want to fucking talk about this. And yet we've had to for two F1 episodes in a row. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for me as a Formula 1 fan, and that is nowhere near as horrific as what these people have had to actually go through. We want to love this sport. We want to enjoy what we do here, but we can't do that if bullshit like this is allowed to fester. So men, please look after your
2: fellow fan and be better thank you this was a uh, this was an intriguing austrian grand prix weekend
0: i mean if you're ferrari i don't know how you feel about this one really i mean charles leclerc r- ran Max Verstappen over pretty much for the entire weekend once we got past the sprint, which Max ended up winning. But um, Leclerc was winning reasonably comfortably here until the last five or six laps or so when his throttle was stuck open, but thankfully not by enough to change the outcome. I love how casually that's
1: mentioned. Oh yeah, his throttle was like uh, 20-30% stuck uh, open at the minimum of times.
0: But because it wasn't a car breaker, it's like, ah, this this is minor on the Ferrari ski on the Ferrari scale of failure. Ask his teammate because uh, Carlos Sainz was literally coming through towards turn four with 15 laps to go, about to pass Max Verstappen for second place, and what should have been a one-two finish for Ferrari on the day, his engine literally detonates.
1: I mean, you know, an engine failure is bad when. There is pieces of engine punching holes in the bodywork as they are exiting the block. Yeah. Big fire. Um, Big Um, fire. I think we watched the pneumatic bottle uh, explode as the car coasted to it. Halt basically blew the side pod open.
2: We're burying the lead here is that we're also we've also got brand new meme content out of this because uh, there was a picture captured of Carlos Sainz Jr. looking back from his burning car (laughs) out of focus like father, and, like son, right? And the first thing one of the people in our Discord server did was edit that to Carlos Sainz Jr. looking back at Carlos Sainz Sr.'s car breaking down on the final <laughs> 100 meters of the 1998 World Rally Championship season, losing the championship to Tommy MacKinnon. Comedy.
0: Uh, cruel. That is just cruel, but I, I respect the commitment to the bit, I must say um yeah that car was rolling down the hill while on fire in the turn four gravel oh well, he's trap. trying to
1: climb out of it
0: yeah while science is struggling thankfully he had the peace of mind to steer to change the steering wheel to put it into the wall essentially so to stop the car from rolling back down the hill while still on fire um which is quite a sentence to say so assessing the damage besides signs power unit almost certainly being a complete write-off um Ferrari only gained seven points on Red Bull in Austria, If once you include the sprint and the point, uh, and the point combinations there. Um, and Charles only gained five points on Verstappen's championship league because Verstappen had the fastest lap of the race, and he got an extra point gained on Leclerc because he won the sprint. Um, Max's lead has been reduced. It's now 38 points. It's still a reasonably comfortable lead. I mean, gentlemen, how big a missed opportunity was this for the prancing in Hans. Sorry, horse, horse. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I mean that's just it is that even
1: when they win, and in this weekend, pretty convincing fashion, you know, mm. with reliability aside, because um Max just suffered from extreme tire wear in the cooler conditions of Sunday. Yeah. But it just it's it's the same as uh it's the same as Silverstone. Ferrari leaves with the winner's trophy. Looks like probably the fastest car on the day maybe not so much in silverstone but definitely here but they leave us with more questions than answers as to them being really capable of going the distance in a title fight because it probably should have been a more like a 10 point gain on max which does not it doesn't sound like a big difference as we saw last year and it's uh interesting finish every yeah. point matters every point um, matters and, and not only that, it looked like Signs's engine failure was pretty much a carbon copy of what happened to Charles and Baku. Yeah, That power unit's probably done. He's probably taking a penalty next race. Oof. And even with Charles, the throttle problems late on, which were costing him a good, I think they estimate about half a second a lap. Yeah. What that ends up doing is it costs him the fastest lap point. And it just... It, It makes it look like even though they had on the day the fastest car, it looks like Ferrari's only barely scraping wins because whatever is on the table, Max will go and rend it out of a weekend.
0: Yeah. The one that got me is that this is Charles Leclerc's first win since April 19th. First time on the podium. Yeah. First time he's been on the podium. Since Miami. Since Miami, first time he's won a race since the Australian Grand Prix on in the middle of April. That was three months ago. Three months ago, like that's that. Just, it it, it, wild it doesn't to me. feel like it, but it, and it does. And like, let's not. If you keep those keeping score at home, this was the fifth Ferrari mechanical DNF of this season so far. Five. We're halfway through the season. They've had five, and they're guaranteed to take more penalties. Let's say they're, I
1: averaging, they're averaging over a, a mechanical DNF a race.
0: It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. And I didn't even realize that Charles Leclerc has already gone through six units of his electrics as well. He's, he's, yeah,
1: so he's got more guaranteed penalties down the line. And it's just uh, everywhere you look, the only good things about Ferrari seem to be the actual pace of the car. Mm. and the guy in the driver's seat, because everything else about the car, everything else about the team is just still a
0: mess. I was going to say, RJ, is, is that it for Carlos Sainz's title race? Because he's now... Oh. He's 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 just lost 25 points to his teammate.
2: He got that when... first win in the bag. That's, that's an achievement for him. I think this title fight's... I think it's about done for Carlos Sainz, and yeah, um, well, at, at least the, the decision for Ferrari to uh, to reinstate team tactics and have Sainz play the facilitating role. Uh, at least that's going to be a little bit easier mo- moving forward, unless something really, really drastic changes within the fortune. Yeah, um, yeah, but
1: I mean, Ferrari, but yeah. that's just the thing—is it could happen as soon as next race. He could gain that twenty-five points back because Charles could blow another power unit to pieces. It's
0: it's weird because this was one of the heavily rumored stories going into the weekend was that um, Ferrari might bring back team orders to help settle their car after the embarrassment of Silverstone and how much of a dog's dinner that entire weekend was for him, despite the fact they, they finished first and fourth on paper. Um, Sainz was only 11 points behind Leclerc going into this round. He's now 36th. 37, I should say. 37 points. I was say,
1: Andre, remember, Lion with the sprint. Uh, we saw in the sprint the two Ferraris fighting each other basically got, allowed Max to escape uh, yeah. DRS
0: range. Yeah. Sainz was perfectly entitled to have a go. Leclerc ran him really close to the edge of the track for no good reason and it cost him enough time where Max could comfortably win the sprint and that was another point gained. You know, just hemorrhaging points where you don't need to spend and... You know, I don't blame Carlos for having a go. He's a racing driver, but you need to be on the radio saying, "Fellas, hold position." Let McLaren. Well, it's,
1: it's just more. It's just more of Ferrari being unable to communicate and control their drivers.
0: Yeah, and um, just unnecessary actions that have just 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 chipping away at opportunities. Like I said, they they are running out of rounds to land a big counter blow to Red Bull. Like we're already halfway through the season now. We're eleven rounds down. There's eleven to go. You're thirty. Like Charles is thirty eight points back. Max is not gonna give Leclerc any freebies whatsoever. Like they raced hard, and Max did not have a good race car on the day, and he still comfortably finished in second and nearly stole one again. I'd say, I
1: would say with the thru- If that safety car was one lap shorter after Sainz's engine failure, I don't. I don't know if he necessarily gets past them, but he's close enough to have a go on the final lap. And you know, you know,
0: with Max, he's gonna send it. Of course he will. Why wouldn't you? And yeah, yeah, two more laps of that, two more laps of that race, and Verstappen's right there. It's Verstappen Verstappen
1: probably wins because uh, where where Leclerc was having real problems was actually the tight, uh, the tight right hander through turn three. Yeah, the car was basically refusing downshifts because uh, the thought he was trying to the car was trying to think he was money shifting on the downshift. Right, the start exactly. throttle, which is very funny on a, a paddle shift seamless shift transmission. <laughs> um but but it's just a point here and a point there, and just over and over or in the case of earlier this year, two pro a, a definite win in Spain. I don't think we can argue that. yeah, no and, uh, and at, at least it. a podium, at least a podium in uh, Baku lost to unreliability and i i guess the the saying does go and there is truth to it that you'd rather make a fast car reliable than a slow car fast or mm. a reliable slow car fast but there's got to be some balance there and right now ferrari's balance is a little bit too far towards fast with no reliability
0: yeah not ideal at all um just just a rough one really for um for for Ferrari, like I said, this is this is Ferrari's fourth win in the year, and it just does not feel like a win with the fact a- there's always an asterisk is better, next to
1: it. Everything's bittersweet with this. Standard. Yeah,
0: it is. They're, 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 it's a bittersweet horse for the second Ferrari win in a row, which
1: oh, in any bigger of than it,
0: that, yeah, b- bigger
1: it, than that. I, j- I just thought of it, Dre, with with Perez yeah. having his disastrous race and uh, mm. pretty self-inflicted on both both counts. Yeah, uh, both the qualifying and then having to cut through the sprint and then uh, the incident with George. Um, This is another, this is a chance for no matter what Verstappen would do, Ferrari to land a big blow back in the constructors and instead they basically gained, they gained crumbs.
2: They basically broke even. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, better for Ferrari soon. if they can just get both cars over the line, that would be half the battle right there and then. Jesus Christ! Man. You know, was
2: perfectly capable of getting both cars over the line. Haas sits the eighth. Mick Schumacher career best finish. Oh, Kevin Mick. Madison eighth. You, you, Mick,
1: Mick, Mick, Mick looked so good this weekend. We we declare this the race of Big Mick Energy.
2: Oh baby, he's here. He's oh. Here.
1: To, M- Mick thoughts. took a little longer for uh, year two. Mick is no joke. It took a little longer to show up, but he uh, he looked. Good. I mean, I mean, extending again to the Ferrari problems. Magnussen, who again scored points, had a really good weekend. Had an engine issue all race and was praying quote praying to God it wouldn't blow up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oof.
1: Like not just, it's not just it. the works team that's suffering.
0: Yeah, but uh, Mick Schumacher, his best weekend, easily his best weekend in Formula 1 today. Uh, not, not even a yeah, Like it, In the sprint, he was duking it out with his teammate. It was slower than him, and Lewis Hamilton, who could not find a way around him for two-thirds of the sprint race and change, and then it took a spectacular pass from Hamilton um, at turn seven to finally get past him in the end, but um, Mick Schumacher looking like his dad, and I mean that in every way, shape, or form, including what I thought was ch- was the angry reaction when his team didn't oh, move Anderson the face over for him in the sprint. The, the face man. was just like angry Michael. It, like, it, it's like like angry father, Michael, like son. Spa ninety
1: eight. You yeah, oh. almost like a clone. Oh god, um, it was on he the remembered. Run. He remembered his last name and. It's just, it's just good to see because Mick's been under a lot of pressure this year with Haas oh, oh, actually yeah. building a car that isn't an embarrassment. Oh yeah, and being paired up against a guy who left Formula One for re- for reasons far beyond his ability to drive a car because Magnussen is still
0: that dude on his day. Oh yeah, Magnussen's is still a very solid driver, and Mick has been better than him for the last two or three weekends now. Um, and yeah, this is this is this is a trend, a positive trend in Mick's favor. And yeah, was voted driver of the day, and he absolutely loved that. Like 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 a, like the small oh, wholesome he the, boy he, the, he is.
1: He had the biggest grin on his face
0: when he when he learned it. Yeah, it was it was it was adorable. What a guy! Um, shout out to Esteban Ocon, hundredth Grand Prix, fifth place finish. That man can drive. I think he's. I think he's low-keeping one of the drivers of the year so far, and just no one's talked about it. Esteban Ocon is doing a superb job in that Alpine. He really is. That was an awesome weekend from Ocon. Wanted to give some some dap some, some, some to that man as well, kicking ass and taking names. And I feel old when it says that was his 100th Grand Prix. I'm just like, my God, the seasons are freaking huge these days. What a thing. But um, speaking of drivers... Could be, driver, Could be <laughs>
1: the other Alpine. Uh,
0: I mean, Fernando
1: Alonso walked under every ladder, stepped on every crack, and stroked <laughs> every black cat, and still Honey. salvaged a point out of it. Yeah?
2: Honey, we've been new.
0: <laughs> that is a man who knows pain. Speaking of pain, Sebastian Vettel. Um, so, oh. who Like poor man had to walk out of a driver's meeting and it cost him a a $25,000 tab for it. This is one of the, again, another one of the biggest stories of the weekend before he'd even uh, turned a a wheel in anger. um, There was the driver's meeting on Friday, a mandatory driver's meeting. All drivers got to attend these meetings. Um, Apparently, Fernando Alonso went on a scathing monologue about track limits and the consistency of the punishments that have been handed out. He talked about Silverstone. Apparently that came up. Apparently, Fernando monologued for so long, apparently it was over 20 minutes, that Sebastian got fed up um, and said, we're just going to go around in circles. I've had 15 years of this shit, and we're still having the same conversations. Walked out of the driver's meeting, um, which I thought was funny. And um, the stewards didn't like that. Um, Not at all. They said that Vettel was a poor role model, despite the fact that he would... It it said in the stewards report that he apologized afterwards and went to Niels Wittich. Um and uh, basically apologized and had a meaningful conversation about it. Also,
2: I love the he just put in our Discord RJ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I when I heard that account, that was like. Yeah. yeah, Alonso's basically E by Llanos explaining things, uh, sped up <laughs> to like four times. Oh yeah, very much so. Um,
0: yeah, Vettel apologized, had a conversation with Wittich about it, but the stewards um, said, and I quote, Vettel is a poor role model in this regard, which I thought, you calling in Sebastian Vettel a poor role model. That's... Uh... That's cute. Um, um, I thought that was quite funny. Um, fuck him is my, is my general response to that. Um, but, or, but they did also give him a €25,000 suspended fine. And basically, don't do that again, Junior. Which I think is hilarious that you could speed in the pit lane at 105 kilometers an hour this weekend and get a €1,000 fine. But you walk out of that driver's meeting? It's a $25,000 fine. Okay, okay, F1. Okay, F1. Okay, um, as you do. But there was a big stink about this and track limits in particular. George Russell spoke about it as one of the GPDA head and said, hey, you know, we'd like to see some consistency. We don't want to see penalties handed out all the time, but we want some better enforcement. This was off the back of Silverstone, a back of the Perez going off wide moments and Hamilton's double pass, which... We've now got a legendary commentary call for the ages. Stop fucking with it, fellas. But um, <laughs> um, the drivers kicked up a good old stink about track limits. Um, fun fact, fellas, um, 43 laps of this Grand Prix were chalked off the board due to track limits breaches, um, including, I think, three guys got penalties, which is for four offenses. Um, Lando Norris, Pierre Gasly, and Sebastian Velder got his fourth one on the final lap, which I thought was again hilarious. Um, were the, the drivers justified in kicking up a stink about this? Uh, for track limits, not especially. Um,
1: I, I don't know what this. I don't know what this like. It feels somewhat recent, but this notion of oh, we don't want to hear about the drivers getting penalties. We want to see them drive like stay in the white lines respect track
0: limits, and you won't get a penalty. Yeah, I just... I, I, this is the problem with it being such a driver-focused sport when it comes to fandom these days. like The drivers can seemingly do no wrong, and if we spend all our time gassing the fuck up about how great these drivers are, why can't they be great enough to simply put four wheels ahead of the white line, or two wheels even, in, in front of the white line? That's all you need to do. That's all you got to do. Keep two wheels in front of the white line and it's fine. Which is what I've always said. The real reason is you want these guys to take the piss. You want these guys to race hard. You want them to take the piss with curbs and, and, and go as fast as possible because we like them when they do that. We think it sounds silly when we give track limits penalties out when in actuality, this is what you guys all wanted, right? Like... I thought you and guys before wanted... we even get into the subject,
1: no, we can't put punishing limits around here because bikes. Think of the
0: bikes. Well, no one does, Cam. That's the problem. I mean, I've been preaching about this. I think as far back as like the first or second episode of Motorsport One Hundred One that I ever did. It was, remember when the the parabolica at Monza was tarmacked over to an extent? Yes. It, it, it was done not for anything to do with Formula 1. It was done because Monza was trying to get a World Superbikes race back there again. And they were told, hey, maybe it's a bad idea to have immediate gravel on the edge yeah. of the track.
2: Yeah, yeah. Bikes, you- bikers don't like it. Uh, and natural runoff, if done, uh, if not maintained correctly and not spaced out correctly, can wreck cars and it can hurt or kill people.
1: I mean, we Not just right, saw it last so... race. We just saw yeah. it last race with, with Joe's car dug in and got launched into the catch fence.
2: Now, with the caveat that if the alternative is sausage curbs at every track, I, I don't even know. Oh, it, shout, out to, to, a... uh,
1: shout out to the WEC round at Monza. Holy shit. Shout, <sighs> out,
2: to, shout out to Henrique Chavez, who's, who hit the second uh, chicane and one of the curbs with such force that the initial contact with the curb blew out the passenger side door and then he went airborne. Thank goodness he walked away from that. Yeah. Mm. I think, like, a crash that probably looked worse than it actually was. Nobody likes these. Just not just
1: co- just but 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 look if it's I'd rather take people bitching about penalties than uh the alternative when you place gravel down and then a biker goes down on it because uh say the human body isn't designed to be stopped by gravel like a car
0: no um to, to make this point um because people don't know this a lot of people just don't follow bike racing in general gravel makes you flip over more the it it's it will flip your body over more when you're detached from a motorcycle and when you flip over more you are far more likely to break a bone or hurt a muscle. Like that is why in bike racing, broken collarbones, broken arms, broken wrists, broken legs are not uncommon. Worse. Uh, or in some cases, worse than that, unfortunately. But general rule of thumb over a season, you probably get one of those every other round in MotoGP. Um, I mean, one of the classes anyway. Um, tarmac runoff is good. Because it makes riders slide more, and they generally stay where they are from a body shaped position, and more often than not, they turn out fine. Um, it's you certainly have a better chance if you slide on tarmac as opposed to getting bluntly stopped by gravel and you flip over and hurt yourself. So that is why we cannot have grass and gravel everywhere because, was fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of. F1 tracks are also shared by MotoGP Circuits, so please think about that before you start making suggestions about just slapping grass and gravel down and getting a hard-on over-80s racing because you feel like it's the good old days where drivers were punished for making mistakes. Cut, stop it. The, the You're very silly.
2: Stop punishing, being silly. The <laughs> culture of punishing mistakes is going to get somebody seriously hurt if it hasn't already. Um, so, what we, of of what course if it we, has, but... I, what I mean, if we, go on, go on, RJ. I was gonna I was gonna pivot over to like because I know we got a little bit of time to talk about uh, the Russell and Gasly incidents. Do we mm. we think it's cool that same basically the same incident, same penalty? Yeah. Yeah, pretty
1: much. I mean I'm bummed, I'm bummed it. Uh, I, I would say on lap one, both of them were pushing their luck a little bit, but like if there's a car and you're outside and it's three quarters ahead of you. You, you gotta, you gotta back out if you're on the inside at that point. Yeah, it's um, basically a carbon copy. A, a Horner for as much shit as we give him. Actually, it was in pretty humorous about it. Uh, talking about the track record of going around the outside of Mercs at Turn Four is not very good. <laughs> uh, He's a bastard, but man, that was funny. I'm gonna give him that. <laughs> and and uh, with the Gasly one, I mean, that was for me that was worse because Vettel. Vettel knew the risk involved in that move. He gave Gadsley miles of space, and Gadsly yeah. just just blew the corner and took him out. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, if uh, you'd if, if uh, have gone to, t- say,
0: if you'd have gone to ten on that one, I wouldn't have blamed you. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and I have to say, uh, AlphaTauri is got to be down bad for some upgrades at this point because they were horrible this weekend.
2: I don't know. Why. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, look, and it's the, the startling irony about all this. This is one of the best officiated Grand Prix I've watched in recent times. This, yeah, if you look at track were, limits, yeah. it was pretty. It was pretty ironclad. Yeah, like I know some people in my mentions when I mentioned it got a bit picky about it. And I, I, I generally agree with people that said to me that hey, maybe Albon should have been hitting the sprint for the Vettel hit. I don't think it was a massively egregious no call on that one. I was like. They could have
1: taken or leaving a penalty there, but I mean, yeah, fine. I could have said probably the same five second for the other two incidents. I mean, otherwise, could I think it was, I was a little I think it was a little bit silly that we saw someone uh get get the run four wheels off treatment in the sprint, and there was no penalty or or there was a penalty mm. after everything that we saw at Silverstone from like five different drivers, yeah. Um, that was my only real problem with the stewarding weekend
0: yeah definitely besides that I think it was a pretty well stewarded race all things considered look if we're gonna rag on officials every two seconds whenever they fuck up I think it's only fair we give them praise when they do get it right and I think this what do you mean they always get it right I mean we fired Michael Massey we solved stewarding and hey the man's quit the man's quit the FIA he's gone back home to Australia to uh look up for other opportunities and to spend more time with his family and
2: hashtag god's only michael massey sacrificed mm. himself so that he could be at home with his wife and his children and his pets uh i would love to see him come on as a pantomime villain referee in some professional wrestling corporation <laughs> sometime down the line
0: uh <laughs> that'd be perfect oh my god it's michael massey um no, look. And on a, on a slightly serious level, I I will always have a level of empathy for that man because some of the shit that people said about him off, off the back of Abu Dhabi was absolutely horrible. And yes, he was he was absolutely responsible for a fair amount of fuck ups that he was rightly criticised for. But you know, if and I, and I I said this at the time when the report came out, considering that. The entirety of race control has been turfed out and replaced the start of this season. I think it's impossible to pin all the And we're of still having major debates and concerns about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's if anything, this season has proved that it is not as simple as just changing the race director and thinking it's magically going to fix everything. Hence our run-in joke of, hey, we fixed Stuart in because we got rid of Michael Massey. And it's not as simple as that. And I wish people spent a bit more nuance and time reading the FIA's report into what happened in Abu Dhabi rather than just picking out the words "human error on the summary and using it to tarnish Max Verstappen with but unfortunately that's how we communicate on this platform these days um, it's unfortunate but that's the world we live in but um, that's how we go this was a pretty damn good race
2: yeah. Override. Apart from all the unpleasantness, we had to start off with mm. put all. If you're would, able to put all I that to the side,
0: focus on it.
2: Rather if than you're able to put all on... that to the side, um, keep doing. I thought it was a solid, at least a solid eight. Yeah, I'll give it an eight as well.
0: I I had it as an eight as well in my. I brought I brought back
2: the scores on the race
0: reviews because people were asking me for it. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll put them back. I gave it an eight as well. I was only going to go seven, but then, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I went up to eight because the five car sequence in the middle of that race, which you've probably seen on social media. If you haven't saw now, if not, go out of your way to find it. Um, oh, that was so good. That was unbelievable racing there from, uh, Joe Norris, Alonzo Schumacher, um uh yeah like and Alonso was in there as well it was unbelievable racing um they all kept it clean and dry and I do not know how um it's unbelievable um superb racing these regulations when they get it right they get it very very right it was dope um just an all round great race. It's just a damn shame that for the second race weekend in a row, we've been marred by unfortunate events that the sport does not need, not that any of us needs, or that anybody should have to deal with. Hopefully, next time out, when we race at the French Grand Prix at Paul Ricard next weekend, that uh, hopefully we could have a purely positive episode of the show to review but before i get out of here just just a quick plug for all, all our usual stuff um again just search for motorsport 101 you'll find this where you need to find this i'm a, i'm at harrison 101 hd on twitter rj is at rj o'connell cams at Buckley 917 you can follow our podcast at motorsport underscore 101 all of our social media is up there as well on the website motorsport101.com there is also a ton of written content from me in the last uh, week or so i have been very busy over there let me tell you um fun story i wrote a full 1900 word deep dive onto the struggles of daniel ricardo only for it to be rendered completely irrelevant 16 hours later because um alex polo just completely blew the face off the entire series you'll know why in our indycar review of toronto next week good luck to you uh check that out when you get a chance but uh Yeah, you know where to find us otherwise. I've been Dre Harrison, they've been RJ O'Connell and Cam Buckley, and until next time, sayonara.
2: Bye.
1: Do I do the King delayed by this time? Oh, I had that.
2: I I just did
0: that. (laughs) His legacy will live on via delayed departures. (laughs)